to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. If you could turn with me to Colossians chapter 2, verse 16, we're picking up. We're going to look at 16 to 23. We're going to truly focus on the first four verses, but we're going to read all of that. The title of our message is Cling to Jesus. Cling to Jesus. Friday afternoon, my wife and I, after lunch, we went to Barnes and Noble and we bought some stuff there and we were standing in line. And as we were standing in line, there was a gentleman there that had a t-shirt on that you could tell, you know, it's the air show, some air show, and there was planes on it. And so my wife noticed it, and she pointed it out to me. And so we started a conversation with this man that was in line in front of us. And we, you know, told him that when we have our Labor of Love Music Fest, this concert that we do at uh, September 1st, we're going to have four military planes flying over while we sing the national anthem. And he's like, no way. You know? yeah. And he was just kind of blown away. And he says, when is that? Where is that? I want to be there. And so we you know, got him the information and we wrote it down for him and all. We didn't have a flyer. We should, have a, we should be listening to Pastor Dave and we should have had a flyer in our hand, right? But as we were engaging and talking, I had to you know, pay at the register. So my wife continued to talk to him. Then he found out that I was a pastor and he was just in total shock. He was like, you're not going to believe this. He said, when I pulled into the parking lot, He said, I was thinking about, I need to start going to church and bringing my son. He's of that age. He needs to be in church and I need to be in church. And he was like thinking, what church should I go to? (laughs) Seriously, as he was pulling in the parking lot and he says, now I'm standing before you and you're a pastor and and, and you're inviting me to your church. And he says, you know, I'm going to be there. And so praise God, you know, how, how God works. And he was in shock. He knew that this was a God thing, that it was God that was in our midst We live in a day like none other that we truly need to cling to Jesus, don't we? We live in a day where evil is called good and good is called evil. And it's shocking. I I don't ever remember living in this day. I'm 54, I'll be 55 in November, but I never remember turning on the news and, and watching one news station and then going to another news station. It's like they're on two different planets. We have a divided world that we live in today. And without the discernment of the Holy Spirit, without the Word of God, we're not going to be able to navigate what's right, what's wrong, what's truth. We, we need to cling to Jesus and we need to cling to His Word. Amen? Amen. And that's just one of the things that we're going to be looking at here. So uh, I can, if I can ask, let's stand. I, just, I like to stand as we read the Word, just in reverence of it. So I'm going to go ahead and read here, Colossians ch- uh, chapter 2, verse 16. Paul the Apostle writes, he says, let no one judge you in food or in drink regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths, which are shadows of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. Let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels, introducing into, excuse me, intruding into those things which he has not seen vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind and not holding fast to the head from whom all the body nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments grows with the increase that is from God. Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourself to regulations? Do not touch 
do not taste, do not handle, which all concern things which perish with the using, according to the commandments and doctrines of men, not God. Last verse. These things indeed have an appearance of wisdom and self-imposed religion, false humility and neglect of the body, but are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. Lord, I know there's a lot here. But again, Lord, we just pray over these verses. We pray, how, how do they apply to our lives? May you give us application. May you give us an understanding, Lord. May you give us uh, ears to hear what your spirit says to the church today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You can be seated. Thank you. Paul the Apostle, as we've been looking at, he's been dealing with a lot of false doctrine, a lot of false teaching. He's been dealing with the fact that false teachers uh, came into the church there in Colossae, and they're teaching things that are not biblically sound. They're, they're saying things that, uh, are tr- that's trying to distract the believers there in Colossae. So he's been dealing with some, some heavy things, and we've been looking at that over the few, at least past few weeks. And he's going to continue to deal with the stuff, as we just read, and there's warnings that go out. And I, and I believe they're good warnings for us, that we have to beware of these things. So, uh, Let's focus back on verse 16 and just kind of look at this. Just so you know, we're really going to target just uh, the first four verses. So we're going to kind of focus on those first four verses and try to uh, understand what this, is, this means to us here today. So it says, So let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or new moon or Sabbaths, which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. Again, just as way of reminder, this church there in Colossae, for the most part, they're Gentiles. These are Gentile believers. So legalists would come, these Jewish leaders would come from Jerusalem. We call them Judaizers. And they would try to lay the law on these Gentile believers, telling them, oh, no, you've got to do this. You, oh, you don't keep the Sabbath. You must keep the Sabbath. You, oh, you know, there's festivals. You're going to have to keep these festivals. You're going to have to do this. And, you're, and they were trying to weigh down these believers. And confusion was, was in the camp, in the church. And so Paul's writing this to say, don't let him judge you because of this. And I could see the intimidation. These, these men and women that are new believers, uh, they, they, they did not grow up in Scripture. They didn't understand Scripture. So here they have these religious men that are dressed real religiously, and they're coming and saying, oh, no, you want to be, if you, if you want to be saved, you need to do this. You need to do that. And basically, if you're a note-taker, Paul is saying, beware of legalism. Beware of legalism. And even today, we need to beware of legalism. There, you know, I, there's sometimes I, I run across people that say, oh, uh, you don't rest on Saturday? Oh, you can't be saved? Well, what did we just read? Paul the Apostle writes, don't let anyone judge you in food or drink or in new moons at festivals or Sabbaths. And all these are fulfilled in Christ. The substance is Christ. All these things, all these uh, festivals, all these sacrifices. We've been looking on Tuesday night, and Pastor Dave's been doing an excellent job, and he's going through the book of Leviticus. You know, Leviticus, sometimes when you think of Leviticus, do you think of that as an exciting book? Not usually. We don't think of it as an exciting book. It's exciting. And the reason why it's so exciting is because all the sacrifices, the sin sacrifices, the burnt sacrifices, everything, it all points to Jesus. 
And we've been focusing on Jesus. And Paul's basically saying the same thing. It's like, these were just shadows of things to come. These festivals that you were going through, they would have the the Feast of Tabernacle. They would have the the Passover. They would have Pentecost, the the Feast of Trumpets, and the Day of Atonement, and the First Fruits. And, And Paul is saying, all that pointed to Jesus. Why hug a shadow when you have the real thing? And he was warning them. And I find it fascinating that all these different feasts, they do point to Jesus. The, the pent, uh, the, excuse me, the Passover. Jesus is the Passover lamb. It's what we're told in 1 Corinthians 5, 7. For indeed, Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. So, the, so here they would you know, engage in killing these, these innocent uh, lambs without spot or blemish. But those innocent lambs were pointing to Jesus. Remember John the Baptist said, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. So, so Paul is saying, don't get so caught up with these things. They're just shadows. I love the, the Feast of Unleavened Bread. They would, you know, not eat leaven. And so, you know, think of that. Jesus is the bread of life, right? Without sin, right? Without leaven. Leaven is a type for sin. So there, all of that points to Jesus. I, I even think of the matzah bread. You know, it's pierced. Isn't that interesting? When they pierced his hands and his feet, it's, it has stripes on it. As, they, as he bore the stripes upon his back. All these things, just all pointing to Jesus. First fruits. Interesting for, you know, he's telling them not to focus on this, but even first fruits, you think, well, how does that relate with Jesus? Well, it tells us in the New Testament it does. And for the first fruits, what they would do is when they would gather the sheaves, they would gather the grain and all, they would bring it before the Lord and they would wave. It'd be a wave offering before the Lord. And really what it was doing is saying, this is the first fruits. This is the, our first gathering, what we, which we gather together. And we're just going to wave it before the Lord and give this to the Lord. And, and, and it's almost, it was a sign of faith saying, okay, we're giving you all the first fruits because we know there's a lot more that's following. There's going to be a big harvest because we're going to give you the first of it, Right? Well, it says that, but now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. So basically, Jesus was the first one and then, you know, like the wave offering before God the Father and saying, there's many that are following. And then when we die to be absent from the body, we're in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Amen. So they all point to Jesus. I heard a story about a, a young lady during the time of World War II. She her husband was called to war, so she, he had to go overseas and fight. So what she would do is, this is a true story too, uh, Vernon McGee, I read this history. I guess she would carry probably one of the largest purses that you've ever seen. She had a purse like this. The reason why she carried a large purse like that is she had a, a huge picture, like a wall hanging size picture of her husband in her purse because she missed him so much. And she would take out, you know, when she would meet someone new, she would pull out of her purse this big picture and say, this is my husband, isn't he handsome? And then she would, I want you to meet so-and-so. And she would like, you know, and she, because she loved her husband so much. But when the war was over and when her husband came home and she had to pick him up from the airport, do you think she carried that big picture with her and she kept kissing the picture? Like, oh, honey, wait a minute. I love this, I love this picture, the shadow, the picture of you. No, she dropped the picture. She had the real thing. 
And you can, you know, there's some people that are just, they're so, you know, caught up in the, the legalistic, a, a legalistic type of relationship with God. And it's like, oh, you have to keep this brother. You got to do this brother. You can't do that brother. You got to do that brother. Got to do this, 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 this. And all of a sudden you're like, okay, I'm a Christian. What can I do? What good can I do? <laughs> Enjoy your relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Amen. The substance is Christ. He's the substance. We, we, he wants us to have a loving relationship with him in Christ. He fulfills all the Old Testament rules and regulations and ordinances. It's all fulfilled in him. Remember in Acts chapter 15, remember Paul and Barnabas? They were sharing the gospel and many were coming to know the Lord through the gospel and all these Gentiles were, were, were getting saved and all and, and were told... We're told that when this was going on, the, the Judaizers, those, the certain men came down from, from Judea that taught the brethren, unless you're circumcised according to the customs of Moses, you can't be saved. And then they would tell them, you need to keep the law. If you read through this, they, so, these, so get the picture from, from Jerusalem. From, from Jerusalem, these religious leaders were coming down. They're saying, they were coming down after these Gentiles were saved. And they were telling them, wait, if you're not circumcised, you're not saved. If you, if you don't keep the law of Moses, you're not saved. And while this was going on, what does it say? Therefore, when Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and dispute with them. Do you know what that tells us? That means they were upset. No small dissension. In other words, it was pretty intense. They were pretty much, and I could see that. Paul was a pretty aggressive guy. He was probably just standing there saying, get out of here. So look what happened. They said they had Paul and Barnabas go to Jerusalem to meet with the elders and the apostles about this question, right? Do you remember what happened? They drafted up a letter. Basically, I'll make a, a long story short. They went back and forth. What do we do with these Gentiles that now love God and they, they have the Holy Spirit? What do we do? And it was, a, you know, it was a debate back and forth. And then finally, they made an agreement. James was the leader and there was an agreement with the Holy Spirit. And they all agreed that let's not put a burden on these Gentiles. And I'll read it to you. It says in Acts 15, 19, it says, Therefore I judge, this is, this is James. He was the leader of the church during that time. Therefore I judge that we should not trouble those from among the Gentiles who are turned, turning to God, but that we should write to them to abstain from things polluted by idols. So they would sacrifice uh, animals to different gods. So abstain from that. Don't. Don't get yourself polluted with idols. From sexual immorality, sex outside of marriage, from things strangled, and from blood. I guess when you strangle an animal, the blood gets in the meat. So they said, no, we don't want you to do that. We don't want you to eat the blood. And I believe, too, if you read through this, it's more so for the Jewish believer. Because imagine that what was happening was the Gentiles, they were eating with the, the Jewish people and here they're eating blood and blood's dripping down their face and the Jewish, they're like, this is, these guys are unclean. These guys, and they're like, so they say, why don't you do this? Don't do that kind of stuff. You're not going to have fellowship if you do that. And that was it. Do you know how free that is for us? It's not a bunch of rules and regulations. It's not keeping all these dietary laws. This is for us today also if you're a Gentile here today. I was so blessed. A good friend of mine, his stepfather's on hospice care, and he just flew out of state to be with him. And I told him, I said to my friend, I, I won't bring out any names because I didn't get the permission to do that, but I said, I said to him, if 
I would love to pray with him uh, before he goes to be with the Lord or if, if something happens just in case. And I would love an opportunity just to pray with him to make sure he knows Christ as his Savior. And so shortly after he flew out there, this is just recently, he texted me and he says, are you ready to pray with him? And I said, I would love to. So I picked up the phone, I called and, and I called and I got his stepfather on the phone and I started talking to him and I was like, you know, I'd love to pray with you to make sure you're right before God and, and that you'll be able to go to heaven because of Jesus Christ. And I says, do you believe Jesus Christ died for your sins? And he goes, yes, I believe that. And he's crying. I said, do you believe that you're a sinner? He says, yes, and he started weeping. I said, do you want to pray to receive Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? He says, yes, I would love to do that. And on the telephone, he prayed and he accepted Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. Praise God. Let me tell you what happened when I was talking to this man. I was so filled with God's love and God's Holy Spirit. I was being ministered to in such a powerful way. And I was in that realization, realizing that's truly how simple it is. This is, this is the simplicity of the cross. Admitting that you're a sinner, acknowledging that God sent his son to die for you, turning from your sin, accepting Christ as your savior, and he comes to live inside of you and he gives you new life. I didn't continue that conversation by saying, well, you know, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, you can't have yeast in your bread. You can't have pork. I'm sorry, but that's going to have to come out of your diet. Um, Sabbath, Saturdays, you have to rest, no work. No, I didn't say that. Why? Because we're not under those laws. He's ready to go home. He's ready to, when, you know, the time comes, you know, hopefully he'll live for, you know, for many more years. But it was such a beautiful thing to realize the simplicity of the cross. The substance is Christ. Christ is the substance. Not a bunch of rules and regulations. If you're here today and you're caught up in rules and regulations and the do's and the don'ts of Christianity, that's a terrible life to have. Be caught up with Christ. Be caught up in his word. Just learn more of who he is. Be, be caught up in prayer and spend time just seeking him in prayer and fellowship with one another. And that's truly where it's at. I remember being in the nursing home ministry. I loved it. One of my favorite things. I, would, I was, had the activity activities director she was a christian so she gave me free reign and i would literally go room to room and ask people uh, uh, you know hi my name is joe uh, do you accept christ as your lord and savior and i was just go room to room and just share the gospel and i loved it it was just a beautiful thing and people were just on the edge of eternity and they would pray to receive the lord i've, I've mentioned this before and sometimes like the next day they would die or three days later they would die and i had a terrible reputation this they were like don't let him in your room <laughs> I don't know what he's doing, but they're dying after they, they, they talk with him. But literally, it was a beautiful thing. And it's just, you know, God's mercy and God's grace was just waiting for them to pray and accept him. And, and then they would go into eternity. And it was just, a, and I, you know, I got to share in a little glimpse of it. It was wonderful. But I remember talking to this one lady and asking her about Christ. And I says, have you ever prayed to receive Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? And she says, well, I've gone to the such and such Methodist church for 48 years. And I says, that's beautiful. But have you prayed to receive Christ personally to allow him to fill you with his Holy Spirit and give you new life and become born again? She says, uh, did I tell you I was on the choir for 48 years or 47 years? And I go, 
I go, that's beautiful, but you know, you need to accept Jesus. Have you accepted Christ? And she kept going back to, this is how long I've served the church. This is how long I've, you know, I've gone to that particular church. I sang in the choir. And it's like, it's not about what we do for him. It's what he has done for us. Do you know what Christ has done for you? He died. He bled. He was beaten. He was bruised. He was rejected. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But the Bible said, as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. Please beware of legalism. Beware of this yoke of bondage that people want to put on us and say, you have to do this, you must do that. No, I'm not saying you just live like the world. No, it should be the grace of God that leads all of us to repentance and we turn away from the old ways. We, we die to that old self. And I'll tell you what, there, there are temptations in this world that are going to tempt us to the day we die, but we have to fight the good fight of faith. Amen. But the key is, listen, the key is, is in not having a bunch of rules and checking off the note and say, okay, don't do this today. And now, you know, I'm not going to do this and I'm not going to do. No, the key is clinging to Jesus. Clinging to Jesus. Cultivating that loving relationship with the one who died for you, the one who bled for you, the one who gave himself for you, the one who sacrificed his own life and laid his life down that you and I might have an abundant life spiritually. It says he's come to give us life in that more abundant. abundant. He wants us to have an abundant life. And I you know sometimes I, I get frustrated with myself. I'm like, I'm not living that abundant life. I want to live that abundant life. And it's like today, I'm going to live that abundant life. And it's found in Christ. Beware of legalism. Beware of legalism. Let's look back. Let's... Verse 18 in our text, please. Let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. There's a lot here, but just for note takers, beware of mysticism. Beware of mysticism and getting off track. Beware of mysticism and getting off track. False humility and worship of angels. Intruding to those things that they haven't seen. The false teachers of that day, they, they had false humility to draw attention to themselves. Oh, I'm ever so humble I am. I think I mentioned this before, but I literally, a few years back, I had a counseling appointment, and the first words that came out of the the man's mouth, I'm I'm sitting there, biblical counseling, I'm there ready to talk with him. The first thing he says, he looks at me, and he puts his head down real low, and he goes, I'm probably the most humble man you've ever met. (laughs) I thought he was joking. I started laughing. He goes, goes, no, really. I go, are you serious? He goes, yeah, I'm probably the most humble man you've ever met. I'm ever so humble. He didn't say ever so humble. I'm... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, that's pride. The false teachers of that day, they were, they were, you know, acted so humble. Oh, we do this, we fast, and we pray, and we do all these things, and we're, we sacrifice, and we don't do these. We don't eat the, the, you know, the breads that you guys eat during certain, and they're, they're just, you know, laying all this out, and we're just so, you know, you need to be more like us. We're so spiritual. Paul's saying, don't fall for that. Don't let them cheat you. Angels, they 
taught during that time. These false teachers were teaching that God is so far away so uh, you can get in touch with the angelic beings and they would be, you know, they're in between and they can, uh, they can mediate for you. And that's totally against scripture. There's only one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.